All right, well, as we start today, I need uh, two volunteers. Uh, Jesse, where are you? <laughs> Good, come on. We told you this would be the... Now, I need one adult volunteer, please. Don't all rush me at once. Andy. And, Andy's... Give Andy a round of applause for coming up. Very good. Very good. Well, do you know what you're going to do, Jesse? No, you don't. You don't know at all. You don't know at all. Okay. All right. Could be in a lot of trouble here. Um, I'm going to give you a task to do, and you've got to try and beat Andy at doing the same task. You going to give it a go? All right. I don't know if any of you have uh, tried to spin plates before on the end of a stick. Have you tried to spin plates on the end of a stick before? Here's what it looks like. There's a picture on the screen. Uh, let's see if you can see what it looks like. There you go. That's what it looks like. I don't, I don't need you to do all of those plates. I just need you to do one of them. Andy, same thing. You ready? Do you want the, do you want the boy plate or the girl plate? Or the girl plate? Pink or blue? All right. Ready? You've got to spin the plate. Whoever goes along this starting now, go. <laughs> Come on, you blokes. This is easy. <laughs> you can do it however you want, but you've got to get it to spin. You... <laughs> that's not spinning. It's not even turning around. Well, that's the best one so far. Can Steve do it? Can Steve do it? That's a wrong question to ask. <laughs> You guys are not so good at this, I'm a bit surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you want me to try? I don't think I can do it either. I've never tried, actually. I've never tried. No, I've never tried. Thank these guys for giving me a hand. It is pretty hard to, to spin plates, isn't it, under any circumstances? Uh, but that is what life can often feel like. It can feel like the picture we had just here a minute ago. The picture of spinning plates in life. That's what life can often feel like. Life is busy. A ring of spinning place, plates around you. Where you're trying to keep everything going. You're trying to keep life going. You're trying to keep your work life going and your parenting life going and your, and your uh, recreational life going, your friendship life going. You're trying to keep all areas of your life going by spinning the plates and and just as soon as you spin one plate, there's one over the back that looks like it's about to fall over and you've got to give that your attention. And, and that's what life feels like. And if your life feels like that, you're not alone. My life feels like that from time to time too. It's hard enough, as these guys have shown us so graciously, to keep one plate up, let alone many plates at the same time, to any great degree. And to have them spinning, uh, metaphorically, fast enough so that you don't have to give it too much of your attention is, well, it's the desire we have, but it's not the reality. And the problem is we sort of stand in the middle of our life with a circle of plates around us, and none of them are going particularly well. And in the end, though, we're doing our best. We're not giving any of them the attention that we like. We're shallow in each one of those areas of life. Whether it's with our work or our parenting or our friendships or our recreational life or whatever it might be and we feel like we're chasing our tail we feel like we're just running from one thing to another trying to keep the plates up and getting nowhere as a result and we're left wondering did God really make us for a life like that well over the next two weeks we're going to pause we're going to pause and look together 
at uh, half-time Sundays over two weeks. And uh, in your uh, outline, you've got an outline for both of the talks over these next two weeks. Talk one today from Colossians, talk two next week from the book of Hebrews. And on the front of your booklet, you've also got the, uh, the vision of our church together. Later on in our service, we're going to hear from, uh, from me with our goals about where we're going for the year and how we're tracking with the things that God wants for us. But I want us to get back to base one. Over these next, next two weeks, I want us to talk together about death. Not the shallowness that comes in life as we just run after each one of our plates trying to keep them going. But depth. Depth with God. And depth with one another. This is actually what God wants for us in order that we might thrive in this world instead of just running a shallow life. And so, today we want to talk about this topic, depth in maturity. And you might have a question you want to ask. We have a, a question time regularly in our church family. You can ask them at slido.com and the hashtag is HBSP. I want to collect some questions uh, from, uh, from today's talk. That would be great. I'm going to pray again and then we're going to dive together into this passage in Colossians chapter 1 uh, and find depth in maturity. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, please be with us this morning. As we look at your word, please give us the grace to put aside the distractions of life that we might find depth in maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we pray it in his name. Amen. Well, we've all uh, been in a pool. I mean, it might not be the right time for being in a pool unless you're on a mission trip at the moment. Uh, it's not warm enough to be in a pool. But we've all been in uh, just a regular, everyday shaped pool. A pool with a shallow end and a deep end. A shallow end has been, is easy to walk into, to wade into. But on a really hot day, it's largely unsatisfying. What's satisfying is the more challenging, more difficult, but more enjoyable deep end. Now, the analogy is somewhat limited, but it is fair to say that the deep end is more satisfying than the shallow end. And in life, it's the same. Depth with God, depth in the Lord Jesus Christ, is more satisfying. But to take that analogy a little bit further, the shallow end feels safer to us. The shallow end in relationship with God can feel safer. Using our life to have God at arm's length can feel better than going for depth with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as the saying goes, to be thrown into the deep end is somewhat scary. But depth, depth in that pool on a hot day, and even more importantly, depth with the Lord Jesus Christ, is actually what satisfies. It's what we were made for. So where can we find this depth in life? Where can we find depth in Christ as opposed to the shallowness of Christ that we have in a busy world where we feel like we're just spinning the plates? Well, have a look as we begin. Just in a, a couple of other passages of the Scriptures, you'll see them on the screen. The first is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, and the second is from Hebrews 5. Look at them in turn. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh, behaving only in a human way. 
You can see Paul here is talking about an, a, a depth that we can have in the Lord Jesus Christ, a depth that we should aim for, that we should strive for. And the same is true in Hebrews 5. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For every, everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of, or of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Both these two passages in Colossians chapter 1 tell us that striving for depth is something we ought to be doing as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Depth in maturity. And so on your outline, you've got three questions that I want to bring to your attention and my attention this morning. And I want to ask us and, uh, these questions and answer them from Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29. And we start with this. If we're to find depth, what is depth in Christian maturity? Well, we're all aware, aren't we, of, of maturity in various different kinds of ways. We're aware of uh, uh, physical maturity. Uh, when you're in high school, there's always that one bloke that uh, is physically maturing faster than the others and has the beard in year eight or something at school and everybody uh, lords them. Or then there's the emotional uh, maturity, the ability to unnaturally control your emotions perhaps before other people can do so. Or the, the mental maturity that no one knows better than our insurance companies who realise that the mental maturity of young men doesn't uh, doesn't get solidified until 25 and that's why the premiums for car insurance are so high and then there's Christian maturity but what is Christian maturity well according to chapter 1 of Colossians verse 28 maturity is in some ways connected to Jesus you see it again there that we may present everyone mature or perfect in Christ maturity is connected to the Lord Jesus. And it's not just a, a, a physical connection, but a personal, deep connection in Christ. <clears throat> Present everyone mature in Christ. In Christ is a funny biblical phrase, isn't it? When you notice that it's there, you see it everywhere in the New Testament. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And it's a powerful phrase speaking to us about the deep connection between us and the Lord Jesus. In many ways, Jesus spoke about this image himself. When he spoke about himself being the, the vine and his people being the branches. But we might use the analogy today of the power point and the power cord. Or the, the hose and the tap connecting together. To be in Christ is to be vitally connected to him. And without connection, well, nothing happens. It's not of any value at all. And to mature in Christ is to find that connection to be deeper and deeper as each day goes on. To find a long-lasting relationship with Jesus that goes deeper all the time. And it's interesting, as uh, the Bible is translated for us, that this word mature, some of you will have in your Bibles, perfect. <coughs> to be perfect in Christ. It's a lovely way of putting the word. Maturity and perfection being kind of one and the same word in the scriptures is lovely for us because it tells us both the direction and the outcome 
of this Christian maturity. The goal of Christian maturity is to be perfectly like Christ. Now that's always a work in progress, isn't it, for us? But it is to be something we're to find uh, that we are more and more like Jesus every single day. That is what Christian maturity is. To be more like Jesus, to be more on track in following and serving him, to become perfect in the end, just like Jesus. And this maturity in Christ, this maturity in Christ is not dependent upon age, so that those who are older immediately get it and those who are younger don't. No, it does not depend on age. Neither does it depend on the amount of study you've done. If you've studied God's word for many years, you will be more mature. Than... No, it doesn't work that way either. No, to be mature in Christ is to live the integrated life. Understanding the connection between the hose and the tap, between the power point and the power cord, between the vine and the branches. And to grow more into the image of the source of our power, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what it means to be mature. It's our goal. And it's our goal to become deeper in our maturity in Jesus Christ. So how does that happen? Well, that's our second question on your order of service. How do I become, how do Christians become mature? Well, look again at chapter 1, verse 28. Him we proclaim, warning, and er warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. The way a Christian becomes mature is not rocket science, it's proclaiming Jesus. If you want to grow in maturity, then you grow in your understanding of Jesus. If you want to get deeper in your relationship with Jesus, then you grow deeper in your understanding and knowledge of Him. I'm not planning on doing this, but I know how I can destroy my marriage very quickly. I can take no interest in my wife. No interest in my wife, though we've been married nearly 24 years, will result in a destroyed marriage. It's easy, isn't it, to work out? Because though we've been married nearly 24 years, and though the marriage certificate has been signed off on, and though in legal terms we are married and all of the rest of it, the way I can destroy my marriage is by taking no interest in her whatsoever. I need to keep learning about her. I need to keep an interest in her. You sometimes get a little inkling on that, don't you, when a birthday is coming up. And you realise that you haven't paid enough attention in the 12 months previous. And you think, I've got no options with regards to a gift on this occasion because I haven't been doing my job properly. I haven't been taking an interest. But what we need in a, a marriage relationship, as much as we need it in a relationship with God, is an ever-increasing interest and learning in our, in our spouse. It's lovely, isn't it, when you see those older couples with an ever-deepening knowledge of one another and just the connection they have. I love seeing those older couples walking down the street hand in hand like that. What a wonderful picture it is of an ever-deepening knowledge one of another. And so it is to be with us and God, us and the Lord Jesus Christ, an ever-deepening understanding of who he is, an ever-deepening understanding of his love for us. 
an ever-deepening understanding of his strength for us in the resurrection that he brings to us. Now, we could go into detail, but we won't. But the book of Colossians has already outlined in chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ that is so cosmic in size it would be impossible to plumb the depths of just how big the ministry of Jesus really is. And this is just one passage of the Bible that I could hold in my fingers like this. Let alone the rest of the Bible that tells us about Jesus, about his ministry, about his planned coming and his planned return and everything in between. And as we plumb the depths of the Bible on the message of Jesus, this is how we become mature. But the problem is we live in a life with spinning plates where everything is shallow, including our ability to read God's word. And we all know, don't we, how drought can ravage a land. We go through cycles and seasons and we know that most likely there's a time coming soon when drought will once again ravage the land of Australia. I assume that's going to be the case sometime again soon. It's interesting though, isn't it, that unlike other natural disasters, drought is an interesting one. Drought happens slowly. Drought happens imperceptibly. Drought happens over time. And before you know it, it's upon us. And then it's a problem. And drought has been well known throughout the world for many generations. In fact, God himself uses the metaphor of drought to speak about what people are like in relation to his word. Drought is what it's like when people do not listen to the word of God. And the, the rain is what it's like when people finally are refreshed by the word of God. There's many examples, but look at this one from Amos chapter 8. Amos chapter 8, it's on the screen. <clears throat> Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. Maturity and growth, this passage teaches us, Salvation itself comes through God's word, his word about Jesus. And our lives can end up being like, like a drought. Slowly, piece by piece, we take our attention and give it to other things in our life. Those other plates that are spinning that we see as being so important in our life. And as we give our attention to the other plates and start to spin them around, all of a sudden our heart becomes like a drought. You can picture, can't you, the drought scene with the, the cracked and parched land. Imagine this being your heart as it wanders away from the word of God and becomes itself a drought, a place of drought and no rain. One writer puts it this way, again it's on the screen. Like all droughts, this famine for the word of God was slow and devastating. To not hear the word of God is like missing the rain. One day you may not notice that it did not rain, but over time you cannot live. We do not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and a drought of God's word is death itself. The biggest barrier to Christian maturity is the busyness of our lives. But God wants for us to find true depth. 
to actually thrive in life and to overcome the drought of the Word of God that is so prevalent in our hearts from time to time. And this passage in Colossians chapter 1 tells us exactly what we need. We need Christ to be proclaimed to us. This will happen in a couple of different ways. We'll be warned about the the hard things. Jesus won't always uh, pat us on the back with his word. He will sometimes challenge and take the hard edges off us. But he will also teach us, show us his character clearly. And this will lead us to maturity in Christ. Jesus will show us what he is really like. He will show us actually that you can box in God because you can box in God because he reveals himself to us. Jesus reveals himself to us, puts himself in a box and says, this is what I'm like. Worship me as I have been revealed. This is what it means to know and love Jesus, to worship him as he has been revealed. So we must be people who want to see Jesus more clearly, who want to draw our attention to him, to be warned by him and taught by him as we have daily the proclaiming of Jesus either by ourselves in his word or as we gather together week by week and midweek as well. See, you and I were not not made to spin plates around in a busy life with all of our competing demands. We were made to thrive in relationship to Jesus, going for depth in maturity with him. Well, then thirdly, what's our third question? Who do we want to be mature? Well, this passage again is clear, isn't it? Chapter 1, verse 28, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. The call to be mature in Christ is for everyone, for all people. We know, don't we, that the clubs around us cater to those who are like them. The footy club for the footy club people, the Probus club, the Rotary club, the list could go on. The meetings themselves, the membership, the purpose, they draw to themselves people that are like them. But the message about Jesus is not about drawing a club together. No, the maturity in Jesus Christ is for everyone, sending each and every follower of Jesus out to other people in order to mature them in Christ. See, the maturity that we desire is for ourselves, yes, but it's for the people sitting next to you and the people sitting around you, but also the people walking down the street in this moment into the doors of Coles just to do their shopping unknowingly, unknowing that they need the Lord Jesus Christ. The maturity is for all people, and we'll start to talk a little bit more about this in next week's talk as well. But for now, let's go back to our spinning plates. See, we live, don't we, in a hyper-active, busy world. I know you and I have so many different responsibilities in life. And it feels like you are standing in the middle of all of your responsibilities, spinning the plates around day by day. It's like this picture that you've got on your booklet, but also it's up on the screen. Here's you in the middle. And you're running around spinning these plates of work and family and friendships and sports and recreation, Jesus and your church family and education. There's other things in there as well. Things that you would choose to add in there that are, that are your particular plates that you're spinning around from day to day. And life can feel really busy as you run around trying to spin those plates and make things continue to happen. As we try to keep up 
But we were not made for a life that's shaped like this. We were not made for this to be the pace of life, nor the shape of life. This passage in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, shows us a new way of life. A new way of life with Jesus at the centre. Look at this second picture. It changes things completely. No longer am I standing in the middle of my life. Now, maturity in Jesus is my goal. He is at the centre of my life. You'll notice that in this picture, one of the spinning plates is not Jesus and my church life. He has now moved to the centre. No longer is our life our own personal efforts to spin the plates of life anymore. Now, Jesus becomes our sole focus. Now, Jesus and depth in him is what we're about. And this affects all other parts of our life. And so as you can see on the diagram, when Jesus is in the centre and maturity in him is our goal, then work changes its focus. Now, we work not just for a pay packet, but for Jesus. And the value of our work changes. It's interesting, isn't it? I've been uh, talking uh, to some local schools recently, Christian schools in particular. Why is it that Christian schools desire to have in their newsletters high-achieving non-Christian alumni as people that are put forward as the people uh, that they want to uh, focus on? Doesn't make sense, does it? If our children grow up and work 40 hours at Just Jeans in a week and then go home and are good to their family and they take their family to church and serve Jesus well, that's a better success than being great in your career and not following Jesus. See, with Jesus in the middle, it changes the way we look at work. Secondly, family. It means that in our family, our number one priority is not just their, uh, their physical welfare, not just their emotional welfare, but our number one goal for our family is their spiritual welfare. And we will move heaven and earth to make sure that can be the priority. Thirdly, within, uh, with regards to our friends. As we'll see next week, as we invest deeply in our friendships together, we will seek their maturity because we love them as much as we love ourselves. When it comes to sport and rec, we thank God for these sorts of things. But they're not the things that drive us. They're not the things that uh, make, us, uh, make our number one passion as much as we might love them. When it comes to finances, we add the generosity of God because all is his and all is, uh, is uh, no longer ours anymore. In education, we say things like, it's good for us to be educated, but most of all, we want to spend time educating our children in the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there could be other things. Other areas in our life that are affected by seeing life this way with maturity in Jesus as the goal. Just a few weeks ago, uh, I uh, uh, saw an old friend post on Facebook. And I've covered up his name, but you'll see on the screen, this is what he said uh, in his quote on Facebook. Does anyone truly love their religion? Everyone I see, regardless of faith, lives their life in basically the same way with religion being a very, very minor factor. It's an interesting quote, isn't it? What he's saying is, I see lots of green pictures where I'm in the middle and it's just another plate in my life to have Jesus as a part of life. But we must not live this way. We must not live with a life that just looks the same as everybody else. 
Yes, we might do the same things. We might go to work and we might have a family and we might have friendships and relationships and whatever else. But these will be completely different when we put maturity in Jesus as the centre of our picture. If my friend is right, he is saying that all people of faith look like the green picture. But what we've said this morning is we must not look like the green picture, but the the, the purple coloured picture that's here. Because depth in maturity is the goal that God has for us. Jesus is not just an add-on in an already busy life. He's the Lord of all. And he doesn't just want you to put him in the centre of your life so that his ego can be stroked. He wants you to put uh, him at the centre of your life and depth in maturity as the goal because he loves you. (coughs) He doesn't want your life to be a running around after the spinning plates of life, trying to keep everything up and trying to fulfil every part of life because he is the Lord. He is the one who governs and changes our lives. He is the one at this half-time point of the year that we need to change our outlook on once again and say, Lord Jesus, may I know more of you that I may go deeper in life with you and thrive as you have made me to be. Well, you might have a question or two that you'd like to ask about that and Slido is a good place to do it. I'm going to take uh, just 90 seconds or so uh, to uh, get you to reflect and think about the things you might like to write some stuff down even on that page that's there uh, and then uh, we will sing once again. So, uh,